Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> and I'm like super nervous to be talking at this meeting, which is wild because I've like seen all you guys here. So it's like, I think it's because I'm sharing the first time in person. So anyway, okay, we're all good. I'm over that. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm super grateful for this program. This program has changed my life in ways that I take for granted. I feel like my recovery is something that I often forget about or take for granted because I think my life has changed so much that it's easy and it was so slow, right? It's all incremental, so it's easy for me to um, to forget what it was like. So a little bit of what it was like. I um, grew up in Jersey and my parents have, uh, they immigrated from Portugal and for a lot of my life, uh, it's a lot of the rhetoric at home was there was a lot of scarcity. But one thing that there wasn't like financial scarcity. So one thing that we had of abundance was bread. <laughs> my dad was a bread man. He used to deliver bread, so bread was one thing that we always had. And as a kid, I remember just kind of like opening the bread and just going in and eating like a fluffy thing on the inside and just like leaving the carcass of the bread. So like for my dad to find like in like his van sometimes or like under my bed. And food was always my friend in times that were very scary and I felt alone. Food was always there. It's never left me. And um, one of the things that as a kid... What I wanted was friends. I wanted to fit in. But there were so many factors uh, that I had to keep secret. So making friends was hard because I had to, um, I went to a different school district. So my parents were like, people can't find out where you live. So it's like, I can't have like, you know, friend, friend dates and all these things. So it was a very lonely childhood. And uh, sometimes I would overwhelm people uh, with wanting to be their friend that, um, that at the end of the day, I would just come home and, and, uh, and eat. And uh, a lot of my memories in elementary school was like eating people's leftovers in the cafeteria because it was easier for me to eat leftovers from kids' trays than to go outside and play with them because it was just too much sometimes to, to try to engage. So I would just uh, sit in the cafeteria and eat. Um, yeah, uh, so I, my top weight, I would say, um, before program was about 230 pounds. And... I got there by the time I was in high school. Uh, I got there twice, actually, but when I was in high school, I, I reached that weight pretty easily because there was a lot of just eating. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, one of the person I made the mentor to was this girl that used to give me money, and I used to like go and buy cookies and stuff because I'd be like, oh, man, I didn't have money for lunch. So she would give me money to, uh, to buy lunch, and really what I would do is I'll, I would buy all these cookies. And... Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would I would never pay her back. Um, so that was a fun amends to kind of go through. But um, so yeah, my parents they saw me getting to this weight really quickly, especially in high school because high school sucks. It's hard. <laughs> um, and my dad was the one that was the most vocal about my weight, and he was not only vocal, he was also physical in the sense of like he would. Uh, pinch my, um, my 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 midsection to kind of be like oh look like it's it's growing or you're not doing much about it and he would say things that like now I can understand that this is his way of saying hey I care about you I love you but at that moment I was just like f you man like I hate you so much right now 
but he was really concerned and I just didn't know how to understand that um, and so the more that he expressed his concerns the more I would eat obviously because why wouldn't I um, <laughs> so um, sorry I have notes here just because sometimes I forget um, and uh, what I what I learned though through uh, like my senior year was like exercise so I started to exercise I started to feel good I started to lose weight I started getting attention that I never gotten before and that was really uncomfortable was showing up and then um, the I saw that exercise was working, so I would work out like twice a day, four hours a day, and then I was like, man, like, this is really cool, I'm getting all this attention, I'm still having milkshakes, like, I, I can keep this up for like ever. So I would show up late at my job so that I could work out, I would show up to the bar sweaty from a workout, but I was like, I'm here. Um, and yeah, it was just so insane how uh, the food kept me like in its kind of like prison. Um, and yeah, so when I met my husband, um, very, we had a long distance relationship and, um, when we started, sorry, when we started dating, we were long distance and then I moved out here to Los Angeles, um, to, to live with him. And one my disease then really went rampant because I'm like, okay, nobody can see me. And I'm really scared. I never, like, I've, I'm living in a super safe neighborhood, and for me it was really weird to have this kind of peace and quiet at night. <laughs> so, like, Marie was just like, there's no buses, there's nobody yelling. Um, and so, like, I had to, like, you know, it was almost like that self I was just so scared. Um, and I, I gained, like, 70 pounds in the span of a year just because I was so scared. And, and the way that kind of manifested itself was like I would steal money from my husband's pocket like the cash because it's like well if it's cash you can't count it I would eat like six like large meals a day and then I'd become home and be like oh my god I'm so hungry like and I just finished eating like all this food but it's just like I was just so scared and I just didn't know how to like show up in this place called LA where people are like well this doesn't make sense like isn't LA where all the fit people are and like you're going like the opposite direction it is what it is and yeah just like I used to and it's just so crazy to see how um, in my relationship with my husband during this time like the lying was really bad um, I would lie about everything and then God forbid he tried to like call me out I would be like no F you it's your fault <laughs> you know just like play the victim um, I was and and yeah it's just like so what ended up happening was we got married and then obviously the next progression is like starting family and I'm like how am I going to start a family if I one if I feel this way about my body and it was just so hard for me to show up in the world um and then it's just like I was stealing from him to eat and and I was just like lying left and right and um and I felt like like there had to be more than this so um I was still a therapist and my therapist she um She's in the close up program, so she kind of saw it very clearly what was happening, and she was like, "Well, it seems like you're powerless over food, and your life is in manual." I'm like, "No, like, no, lady, listen, I, I got this. Like, I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's. I'm gonna, not gonna restrict. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna buy regular people food and watch. Uh, next session, I'm gonna show you." Sure enough, like three days later, all that food was gone, and um, and then I told her, I was like, yeah, so that that thing about the food at Trader Joe's, like, it's gone, and she and she she was like, well, you're gonna keep paying for sessions, so might as well like you know try something different, which was to go to OA, 
and I fought her a little bit on it, but sure enough, that first meeting, man, like, I found my people, just hearing people share what they did with food and how, like, their relationships were affected by it, that was one of the things that really, man, I just, like, I knew... I had to be here, um, but what I didn't realize was like the work it was going to take <laughs> to like um, to like actually figure out like all of the intricacies of, of like how like my life revolved around the food because um, I knew it was a problem, but I was just like, why am I eating and you know all these other things that I just wanted to figure myself out. And what we learned is like there is no figuring out why we're compulsive overeaters; we just are. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I remember, like, <laughs> when the 12 steps were being read and the 9 steps came along, I was like, I am not doing that. I'm going to dip before I even, like, go to the 9 step. It was like, I'm not apologizing to nobody. Um, and that was, like, enough for, for me to be so scared and, like, to be like, okay, I'm just going to keep working the steps and then, and then I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out. I did my 9 step with lots of so yeah, I, I I really you know what I had what I was longing for all along was connection, and that's what I found in these rooms. That was like it took me so long of like being in LA and living here to finally feel like oh I can call this place home. I can say I have people I can like turn to and rely on. Um, so what it's like now, um, I still have a hard time rec- recognizing my recovery that like I mentioned in the start because my life has changed so much, and it's. And it's been in a way that I, I have a hard time sometimes seeing these miracles. And it's only like when my sponsor reminds me or other people make a comment that I'm like, oh crap, like shit, that's right. Like I, I, I do these things now. Um, with the higher power, um, I remember higher power was a huge thing that I was, um, that I had to grapple with because growing up Catholic, um, my parents kind of weaponized religion to kind of be like, to get me to tell the truth, be like, it's thunderstorming. Why is God mad at you? It's like, I don't know. Um, and like all these things. And um, so it's like, I had a hard time believing that like, you know, there's this power out there that loves me unconditionally. Cause I can even unconditionally love myself uh, or anybody else for that matter. So it was just very hard to like wrap my head around this power. That's, that's there for me all the time that wants to be there for me and that's supporting me in this unconditional way so um and through a lot of and it's still like evolving but for now it's like it's like mother nature trees like the wind blowing like sometimes i'm like when i see the curtains in my window i'm like yeah that's like how i power breathing up in here (laughs) and it's just these little i have to like remind myself through these little things that it's like i am not alone and it's because it's easy for me to forget because I have a, di- a disease of isolation. I do all these things in private. So it's easy for me to forget that there is a power there that's taking care of me. Um, and um, what else? Um, yeah, I'm like slowing down is hard. That's, that's on here. Like, because for me, it's like when I wake up, I just want to go. I don't want to slow down. I w- don't want to like sit there and read and meditate and journal. Um, and... What it looks like now is like I try to make the time um, throughout my day. I have a list now that I have on my desk that's visual of like, okay, meditate, 10 step, food plan, all these things. Because one, I forget because I want to like do my own thing. It's like this is a lot of work like to keep up with like recovery. 
So even if it looks like I'm meditating for two minutes on the toilet, that's what I'm doing. If it looks like I'm doing my 10-step, you know, kind of, you know, in between meetings at work, that's what I'm doing. Because um, I, I, whenever I forget that I'm, I have this program, that's when the disease is like, hey, Nancy, like, look at this sexy thing. Because even though, like, I have my abstinence, which is basically no sugar, um, you know, there's things that I never cared before that now look really sexy and it pisses me off because this whole road gets narrower thing. I'm like, I have to grieve about the food that I'm, like, parking. And it's so sad because it's like I'm losing another friend. Great. It's like these things were never a thing, but now it is. Um, so lovely. Um and now it's like, it's funny because sometimes I'll look at my husband's food and my husband loves to talk while we eat. And sometimes I'll eat faster than him and I'm like, dude, can you eat? Because it's like, we need to finish our meal at the same time. Because if I see food on your plate, I'm like looking at your food and I'm not looking at you. So th- this is still a thing I'm working on because I'm here like, okay, Nancy, why can't you just like listen to your husband? And while there's, you know, fries and meat and all these other things on this plate, just, yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's a struggle. I, I like... <laughs> recovery is lot, not linear. <laughs> um, and uh, I think also, you know, uh, being a sponsor has helped me to, like, remember to be gentle to myself as well. Um, and it's such a cool gift because uh, I was so terrified of being a sponsor because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to screw them up. Like, no, you don't screw anybody up. You don't screw up anyone's recovery. Um, but it, if anything, it's just seeing what my sponsee is going through uh, and and also how she's trying to, like, really... Um, who's the timer, by the way? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, I missed it. Um, uh, so, basically, just seeing how she's trying to really put her co- recovery first in it, and she's like, man, it's so imperfect. I'm like, man, it's okay. Like, we're in here for the long haul, and it gives me a bit of grace when I start beating myself up for not working a quote-unquote perfect program. And one of the things I have to, like, remind myself continually, especially when there's a speaker, is, like, you know, it's a highlight reel. Like, just like social media, it's like we only see these beautiful parts of people's recovery sometimes, and I have to remember that there's so much work that goes into it before people come up here and speak. And it's like I can't can't compare my recovery to other people's because that will get me to the food a lot faster. That will... That will make me not want to work the program because I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be like this 40-year abstinent person here. Oh, um, So just remembering that there's so much more that goes into um, into recovery and, and, and when people speak as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to – how much time do I have? Oh, God, okay. Uh, good time. Okay, so um, the nine steps. Uh, so that was one of the things that I, I I was really scared of because I felt like I did really crappy things to people. Um, and most of my amends were done in person. And um, I felt like I was going to have a panic attack every time I was going to do an amends in person. And I think the first, well, the first person I did an amends to was my husband. And I remember him looking at me like, okay, like, because he's, he's seen me like, kind of like, come back around, be like, okay, I'm sorry I was a douche. And then, okay, like, and then I'd do something again. And so he saw kind of like the process and then like actually saying like, hey, I'm sorry I did X, Y, Z. That was something for him that he was, like he was grateful for, but it wasn't that kind of like shock factor of like, oh my God. But for example, my dad, my, my parents, um, and even my best friend, that one, um, those were, I think, the, the men that really transformed 
um, my recovery because um, they're they're not with me every day, and so they don't really see like how how my life's changing or how I'm changing. And being able to apologize for the things that I knew that hurt them, that caused them so much pain, um, that was a gift that I, I I'm. I'm I'm very grateful that my higher power really kind of gave me those opportunities because um, our relationships have changed. I've uh, transformed between my parents. Um, my best friend, which I I used to think like, man, she's gonna like hate me forever. Like she was the one that really like the relationship opened up so much more because I was able to be honest with her in a way that I was always afraid to be honest with her because I was afraid she was going to judge me or whatever because really I was judging her um so um and even like there was this one bakery that I was stealing that I stole money from while I was working there um being able to you know sit there eye to eye and tell this person like hey like I stole this money from you and and all she did was say thank you and and she and she knows people's steals money from her and she's like you know there's a lot of money that I probably won't ever see but she's like this is huge um so thank you it just you know it's it's amazing even yeah um a lot of it was like money amends that I had to um to make um and it was a hard conversation with my husband because my husband he's very um when it came to the nine step like talking about hey I'm gonna, I have to do this and it's going to cost X amount of money he's like but I didn't do those things that's coming from like our shared bank account so it was like such a um, it was great that uh, at first he was kind of he was hesitant because he's like you're going to get locked up um, and uh, but it's like the fact that you know with, like with my sponsor and, and him just like really coming up with this conversation and this plan of like how I can really make these amends um, without causing further harm to the people in my life um, yeah I um, what else uh, oh my god so five minutes you know uh, um, yeah yeah uh, so exercising, um, now, sorry, I have this point here. So basically, exercising was a huge thing before. And now what exercise looks like is I don't exercise alone. And that's something that's been really um, transformative as well because I was really afraid of exercising for a long time because I know I can get lost in it and lose track of time. So um, more recently, I exercise with another person, and that's helped me to really kind of um, keep it to, to a reasonable time um, and and it's just been such a celebration in moving my body in ways that I never knew I could and actually doing things that I was scared of doing like beach volleyball like god I used to like be so afraid of it now actually I enjoy it and it's great um, and uh, you know doing things that scared used to scare me now is just like it's, it's, it's an amazing challenge because I'm able to like bring my higher power into it I'm able to like you know um consult with my sponsor and other people in my life just like yeah you know I'm kind of scared but I'm gonna do it anyway and we'll see what happens um so it's a lot of like just like learning about myself and it's just been so cool to be in in program and and have you all to to really just like hold my hand (laughs) um even though I'm scared all the time because one of the things I learned is like I'm I'm dishonest because I'm always scared I'm scared of like if you know the truth what are you going to think of me so um so now it's just honesty is still a big thing that I, I have to like grapple with because I know that it was just such a part of my existence that now it's like what does it look like to be honest what does it look like to show up with integrity and 
be authentic without having to like people please um and I mean it still happens and I think it's just like really calling calling myself out sometimes through a 10 step which sucks <laughs> especially when you write it down because when you write it down it's like it's there because um, I usually like to rationalize I like to still rationalize like food uh, which sometimes my sponsor she tells me a lot like what are those things that you tell yourself when you're about to rationalize and it's it sucks because it's one thing when you're when you're not aware because you can keep on certain behaviors but when you're aware of something you just it's like it's there you're, there's no going back um <laughs> so anyway i'm just super grateful to be here um i'll uh i'll wait for questions i think i'm done thanks um okay all right this is the time for questions only there is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leaders are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, you, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Please remember. Just reset. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing. Um, so the question I have is, um, when it comes to that inside voice, you know, what's over here, mm-hmm. um, can you tell me a little bit about how it was and what it's like today and what still messes you and what do you do with that? Okay, so if I get this all. So the voice inside my head, what it was like and what it's like now and what was it what like? What still messes you and what do you do about it? <clears throat> and what do I do about it? Okay. So before, um, this voice, voice would tell me I'm nothing, that I'm not worth anything, that everyone else in this room, like, is better than I am. I have a huge, like, imposter syndrome, like, inferiority complex. So, so before, it was really, I just, I didn't like myself. I hated myself. And so whenever um, there was something exciting that was going to happen, I would just, like, think of all the things that can go wrong and why it would go wrong and all these other things. And why I wasn't worthy and why people shouldn't waste their time on me or or whatever or it was more of like who do you think you are that's really the 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 voice now um that still shows up especially with work um the who do you think you are it's very hard for me to show up sometimes in um and no it, it is hard for me to show up in work but in my personal life it's I've I've seen how I think because I've seen how there's hope, like this voice now can start off with like, who do you think you are? Be like, you know what, who, why not? Like, it, it becomes of like, why not me? Um, and not in a conceited way, but in a way of like, okay, you, like, you know, speaking at this meeting, who do you think you are? Well, um, I am someone that's been in recovery for about four years, so I have something to share. I am not like, you know, there is something that someone can get something out of. So now it's just like really reminding that even though I don't think I'm worthy all the time, it's like there is worth to me and I am valuable and and it's sometimes it's a it's a constant reminding um, and and checking in with other people. I mean, um, and, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, and and journaling has been helping. There's been this new uh, uh, I've tried this new like technique um, for journaling, which is kind of like all the crappy beliefs about like one part of the dump is all these crappy things that I think about myself, and then on the next page is like 
all the reasons that I'm a freaking awesome. And um, and that is super uncomfortable because guess what? Like the first page is like all filled and the second page is like three lines. But those three lines is enough to kind of like be like, okay, I am my own friend. So, yeah. Next. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. What is the perfect program? Um, there is none. There is no perfect program, but at least the way... The way I would think, this is my perfect program in my head, right? Okay, I wake up, I read on awakening, <laughs> I meditate, I journal, I do my 10 stuff, I talk, talk to my sponsor, um, and then I do three outreach calls a day. Uh, I go to a meeting like four times a week. Um, what else? I mean, there's so many other tools, but, you know, uh, so those are like what I think my perfect program is. And like, you know, live my life in serenity, which is what serenity. I love drama, but <laughs> it's like, um, so that's when I, that's what I think are usually a perfect program. But I think that now for me, it's like my, my program of like, you know, I'll be okay is, um, you know, if I meditate like a minute or two and it's like now it's boiled down to like, five minutes or ten minutes a day which is like the reading which is I got a Kindle now so it makes it super convenient um, I've tried to like these life hacks to help me really work my program like scheduling in um, like outreach calls or texts that's been huge because now it's like in my calendar as an appointment um, so I don't forget so I think it's just like now it's like just remembering that I'm in program is, is, is enough. So, <laughs> so and, uh, and staying abstinent, really, uh, that I think that's really where I'm at today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How do you work your program when you're with your parents? Like, with the menu, you? Yes. With, like, your food, with the way you are with them, like, I don't know, travel with them, like, what is it like? Thank you. Yeah, uh, the question was, how do I work my program with my parents? Thank you so much for asking that question. That's huge for me, actually. Um, before program, living my life beyond my wildest dreams was traveling a lot, and I've been traveling a lot lately. Um, and I'm like, is this really my wildest dreams now? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So, but with that, um, all my family is in Europe or is New Jersey, and I have been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with them. So now what it looks like is, what does it look like to stay in my lane? So that's really hard because um, we all think, in my family, we all think we know. Like, we want to be right. And so a lot of times it's just like, what does it look like for me not to be right <laughs> or to just shut up? And, and that's just really hard because sometimes I have to, like, remove myself from a situation because my dad, um, he, he has episodes where he rages and there is no, there's no talking, there's no understanding. So it's just, like, allowing him to do his thing and understanding that this man has gone through a lot of trauma and it has nothing to do with me. And that's one of the things that I have to remember in my marriage, in my relationships, is, like, sometimes when someone else is frustrated, it has nothing to do with me. Um... So allowing them those feelings. And then especially with the food, um, when I'm at my parents' house, I have a scale there. Um, so I still weigh and measure most of my food uh, when I can. I have uh, my breakfast that I usually eat. So with my parents, it's a little bit easier because um, I am able to work from home. So working from home has allowed me that opportunity to have a bit more structure. Um, 
and sometimes they forget that I can't eat certain foods. Now, actually, they haven't pushed certain things on me, which, I mean, it's been four years, so finally uh, they, they remembered. Um, but when I'm in Portugal, that's where I really am able to see um, my recovery because um, my husband's family, they remember that I don't eat sugar. They're like, oh, my God, eat the lion sugar. It's like, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't eat sugar. And for them, it's just like this this wild thing. So what I've learned is like, okay, if I if there's a birthday party, let's say, and um, and there's cake being passed around, obviously when people are going to pass me my plate, they're going to be like, oh my god, why are you not eating cake? So what I've done now is like, hey, I'll help you like slice this cake because if I'm the one slicing the cake, no one's going to be asking me if I ate the cake because I'm like distributing the cake and I'm cutting it. So it's been fun, kind of finding the troubleshooting these ways to kind of keep myself safe. And it gives me that pause of being like, okay, I don't need to engage in this. I can, like, talk to people. I can, you know, be curious about them because I am my favorite topic. So it's like, <laughs> how, so it's like how, how can I ask people, like, how they're doing and, how, and connect with them in a way that I wouldn't prior to the food. Um, and sometimes it means, like, doing the dishes while people are, like, around the food spills. But it's just, like, removing myself from a situation that it doesn't look like I'm doing on purpose, but I'm still being of service, if you know what I mean. So I hope that answers your question. Question. Yeah. Um, what are the things you tell yourself when you rationalize and eating something that's not Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> if I'm sick, it's usually like, oh my God, well, this is going to, like, rice would really help me, like, feel amazing. Because rice is my thing. Well, before program. But, um, but it's like, I still have these conversations of, like, oh, it's okay to dress, like, especially, like, those. Um, like keto, paleo kind of sexy things, um, you know, uh, it's sometimes it's more of like, oh, it doesn't have sugar, it's okay, but it's a look-alike food, so it's like being mindful, and it's really hard because just this week I forgot to like tell my sponsor I had a look-alike thing, and it's like, oh, I had 10 grams of protein, and it's just like, mm, okay, it's like, okay, so next time it's like, what can I do before taking that first bite that it makes me remember that it's just like, I am powerless over food, because that's my thing, it's like, I forget I'm powerless over food, especially if it's something that is considered, like, for me, like, a, oh, it's, it doesn't have sugar, and it doesn't have white flour and blah 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 like those are the rationalizing at least for me and then sometimes it's um the quantity of food i'm like oh well it fits into my my daily plan but it's like i don't need to have it i'm i'm satiated like i'm good and that's that's the, like the rationalizing still is like oh i need more food food will like help me or make me feel safe and cozy um yeah and uh and and i and i with traveling it's just like I noticed that sometimes with traveling, that can be also kind of scary because, um, not scary, but uh, sometimes there's things that are triggering that happens on certain trips. And sometimes I will rationalize the thing of like, oh, uh, I won't be here again in this place again, so maybe I can have this crunchy, salty thing. So, you know, and then I'll be like, tell my sponsor like two days later, I have this crunchy, salty thingy. And, you know, and it sucks because, like, I don't want to tell her because she's going to be like, let's talk about it. And I'm like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. But, um, but I think that's where the honesty piece comes in. It's just like, even if it is circling back two days later, at least I'm telling somebody. Because for me, it's just like, I wouldn't want to tell anybody anything that I think I'm doing wrong. And it's not, it's, so if I keep on holding these secrets, I am going to, like, not be okay. So, yeah. That's, 
Yeah. So the question was, how's my spirituality and how's my concept of a higher power changed? Yeah. So um, it's changed a lot. And I f- remember in the beginning, I'd be like, okay, well, I want to know what my God looks like. What's his face look like? Because I know what Jesus looks like. So what's this dude look like? And um, I got caught up in that so hard in the beginning. I was just like, but what does it look like? Um, yeah. Um, and what it comes down to is like, okay. And it's something I'm still struggling with now. I struggle with all the time. It's just like remembering that this power is not a punishing power. It doesn't want to see me suffer. Um, and, you know, before it was, you know, I, I followed the suggestions of like, go to the beach and try to stop the waves. We know we can't stop the waves. I don't need to go to the beach. I know I can't stop the waves. I, I just know. Um, but I did that. I did all these other things. And I remember, like, one of my first things of where I started to, like, shift um, my mentality towards, like, this higher power was, like, I have a plant. And the plant was growing sideways. And it was obstructing, like, my bookshelf. And I was, like, trying to pin, like, this, like, this leaf thing in a certain position so I can see my shelf. And I couldn't. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, this is like higher power like who am I to like try to change the direction that this plant is growing like I'm nothing so um that was my first kind of like aha moment of like you know God is gonna do with my life God higher power whatever is gonna do with my life whatever it wants and it's up to me to just like be the best version of myself for that day and even if it means like in that moment because I screw up all the time so it's just like remembering to be the best version of myself to the best of my capability really because sometimes I have this crap day and I'm not the nicest person to be around I'm not a ray of sunshine so um I'm learning to forgive myself because that's really hard too because I want to be this amazing person it's like if I fall short it's like I'm still going to be okay this power is still going to love me anyway it's still going to show up for me so now it's like um I just really try to find like higher power in the little things really it's usually in nature and you know and and just uh like trees wind uh flowers growing through cement cracks like it's just really little things and um and and for me it's just like going to like Portugal is like a super touch or moving um place for me because it's just like there's so much um, I grew up around so much like greenery, like forests and, and, and rice fields. So it's like going there is just like seeing like, wow, like I like how is there no power that's greater than me out there? So that's what it's like now is just really just being mindful, I think, to the best of my ability. <laughs> how does a uh, program help you with frustrations or not getting what you want anymore? How does program help me when... I'm frustrated and I don't get what I want. Um, I love to say it works all the time. Um, but uh, realistically, uh, I think it's more, I will get frustrated. I will, you know, I, I will be ticked off. But I think that now it's just, I'm just quicker to, like, reach out or quicker to recognize, like, why am I being frustrated? Um, to, like, troubleshoot and get down, like, reverse engineer, like, what is this frustration? And that usually happens through the 10 step of like really going, like I'll start, I'll start off with like, this is why I'm pissed. And then it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, that's why. That's really why. Because you're scared. You're alone. You're, you know, um, 
all these things, but it's usually fear. So I think that now what program has taught me is just like realizing that a lot of my things, a lot of my frustrations and anxieties and insecurities are about fear. Just fear of showing up, period. And yeah, fear, just fear, straight up fear. Thanks for the question. The question is, how have I made it work with my husband? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, apologizing. Because <laughs> um, I can be a real, I, I can be a difficult person to be with. Because um, here's the thing, when we're together, it's like so easy because I can be like, oh, okay, like I'll circle back and I'm so sorry I did this. When I'm with other people, I forget that he exists sometimes and that's something that is kind of difficult is, it's one thing when I recognize when I do something wrong because I can go back and I can circle back and apologize and it's on my terms. But if he tells me how I did him wrong, I shut down. I'm just like, oh no, uh-uh, we're not doing this. Like, so, um, so, it's, so now, I mean, and it's hard because it's like I have to really digest it and honor what he's feeling because he's allowed to feel these feelings. Um, and, uh, I mean, our relationship was really difficult before program like there was a lot of disrespect there was a lot of like speaking really ill towards each other um and cursing each other out now god it's been four years and it's just like i don't curse him out as often maybe once in a blue moon i'm really having a bad day but it's just like i think the circling back and saying i see how i hurt you that's been like a huge shift and you know we've been trying to start a family for a while now and that's been one of the biggest things is like difficulties navigating those conversations it's so hard to um god you know you want something so bad and you see your friends having it especially at this time of our lives and having this conversation of hey this is really hard right now for me like can we have a conversation how you we can support each other and my sponsor really was the one kind of like holding my hand through that and asking for these direct requests of like hey when our family asks about like the situation I need you to own up I need you to talk because I can't handle these conversations because it's just too painful um, and sometimes he gets it sometimes he doesn't understand he's like you're overreacting but at least as I'm showing up in my truth and that's and I know it sounds selfish but that's the best I can do for my relationship is showing up the way that like I'm not hiding uh, so I think that's one of the biggest things is you know, I'm trying to, like, cut back the sneaking and hiding and the dishonesty because that's just my comfort um, and the food. Um, I, and my husband, he could definitely qualify in this program, but I have to remember it's none of my business. And, um, and, and that's it. And as hard as it may be, it's just, like, giving him the dignity of, like, going through what he needs to go through, and it just sucks. So, but, yeah, thanks for the question. Yeah, uh, so the question was, um, in recognizing my self-worth, uh, people, places, or think I've, things I've had to let go. So, yeah, um, I think a lot of friendships that didn't serve me, and know, I think that knowing who I can talk to about what. Because before, I would overshare to, like, anybody, um, like, that was inappropriate. 
And now it's been more of like, who can I have certain conversations with? Who's going to support me in, in this respect of my life? So, um, for example, I know I can't talk to my parents about certain things because they have very different values. So it's just like now it's more of just like lear- learning, keeping to like continue learning who I am safe around to discuss certain things. Just because they don't see eye to eye on this one thing doesn't mean they don't have value in my life. I still love them and honor them in, in those ways. But just I think it's more of like keeping myself safe um, around relationships that I, I that I can't get rid of, like my in-laws or um, – <laughs> I mean, we're good now, but that was a hard one too. Um, but because they didn't serve me, it was just. But it's just like, okay, that one was the biggest one. It was my my mother-in-law. It's like now we're in a good place um, for today, but it's just like it could be, it could be a very challenging relationship to navigate. Um, but with like friends, um, it's I think over time it's just like you just there's this distance that starts when you start growing, and you know it's cool to touch base, but it's, you don't you know, continue watering that relationship because it's not gonna it's gonna be one sided. So yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks. Oh okay. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs>